Hello and welcome back to Remember This, a podcast that is part book club, part TV and film vault, and part time capsule, as we take you back to all the childhood pop culture stuff you may or may not have consumed. I'm Matt Bentley Viney, and today for a very special bonus episode, I am joined by Gemma Bentley Viney. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. This is a special little treat for you. Or is it a trick? You'll find out in an hour. So we've just finished watching Jack and the Beanstalk 1974. I'm exhausted. It was exhausting. But we're ready to go again. (laughs) Gemma, would you like to explain why we're watching Jack and the Beanstalk 1974 on Halloween for our listeners? I remember this very vividly Uh, she said the title of the podcast i did i did my main recurring nightmare throughout my childhood was based on this movie not alien predator all the scary things that are out you know in the 90s i wasn't watching alien and predator and all of that lot jurassic park dinosaurs i do think i watched jurassic park you know actually when i was little monsters under the bed anything like that this was the main source of your nightmares this was the main nightmare i had so much so that i made my dad throw out the vhs but then I remember getting really angry because he didn't throw out the VHS. He just threw out the box. Why didn't he throw out the, the VHS? Was he watching it? I don't know. But he, I think it was a bit of a waste, isn't it? So he threw out the box. The box was very frightening. I remember the box really clearly as well. It was I might again? It's one of those things where I think you over dramatize it from your childhood, similar to that come outside Pippin episode. In my head, the VHS cover was like red. I had this like green with fangs, giant like blood dripping from him and i swear his hair was almost the vines of the stalk it was really intense and frightening just to stop you quickly do you know what vhs stands for video ding home ding system ding 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 well done done. you thought you were gonna test me there i couldn't remember what it meant that's why i googled it and i was like oh okay kids born in the noughties and later because there are some of you listening to this vhs's were big cassette type blocks (laughs) this is so depressing you're explaining that you would put in like a dvd player but it's obviously a lot bigger to house a vhs google it because they were huge and the only good thing about them like vinyl used to get really cool covers so i can imagine the cover of this being really scary do you not remember the vhs so we had to rewind all the things before we like gave them back to blockbusters and stuff like that oh my god did you have to do that before you handed it back yeah otherwise you're a bit a horrible person aren't you i never did that just gave it back really oh yeah, oh, yeah because obviously then they would have to rewind it and see everything that happens yeah no surely someone at blockbuster would make sure oh, i don't know i used to do it beforehand oh that's very nice of you that's very considerate and kids blockbusters now i'm not gonna explain blockbusters if you don't know what blockbusters is i genuinely feel a bit sad for you it was a, a magical place i loved blockbusters it was a you, i always you could enjoyed it vhs's dvds well, in America, games they have those things at supermarkets where you can rent out dvds and i think that's amazing Red box. i wish we had that imagine if we had that in like the big tesco's and clapham or something we could go there pick up your like drinks and stuff for dinner and then choose what dvd to watch you should there was a really interesting thing i listened to the other day on a podcast where someone was moaning because they couldn't find a specific episode of a tv series they wanted to watch and it was because they no longer made dvds of them so they never released a dvd it used to be on a streaming service like Amazon or Netflix, it was taken down. So there was no way of owning it anymore. And we don't, we, we no longer own anything. That is we, really sad. We don't own music because if you listen to it on Spotify or Apple, sure, you can 
download it, but only while you're paying a subscription. You don't own things on Netflix and Amazon Prime or anything like that, because obviously it's all in the cloud. So as soon as they take it down, it's gone. With VHSs, with records, with CDs, DVDs, at least you own it. No matter what happens, I will always have this. Imagine if Amazon or Netflix went down tomorrow. Stranger Things would be gone like that. Oh yeah, they obviously said, well actually, because I wanted to buy my grandparents' Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on DVD for Christmas. And do they do it? No. This is what I'm saying. You have because to they want buy you to Amazon, yeah. subscribe to the service. It's really annoying because I was like, oh, my grandparents would like that. It's excluding a whole market, really, because people who it's don't alienating. have... Well, it is alienating because you have to obviously... I guess you can have a laptop and stream things, but for elderly people who maybe aren't as tech savvy, that must be quite stressful. The real horrors on Halloween. So with Jack and the Beanstalk, so that's what I remember of the cover. So I had... But where did it come from? It feels like The Ring or something where it's, it's like an urban myth. How did this come into your life? So um, well, I didn't know. It just came. It was, it was in our lounge the one day. The brought it in. I just remember, I think I only ever watched it once. And that was it. That was enough for me. How old were you? I can't remember, but I must have been really, really young. It absolutely terrified me so much. So I had recurring nightmares and I, I felt like those recurring nightmares went on for like years. Probably only a couple of days. Again, it was probably like a month, but, but, but to I know me, what you mean though. No, but even when you're younger, things feel like they go for longer. Don't you yeah. feel like time, like, I remember summer holidays lasting forever. Exactly. So it felt like it was years and that's kind of my main kind of recurring nightmare. And if you kind of spoke about what you're scared of as a child, I would talk about this. Obviously over time, you forget about things, but it's always there. It's always in the back of your mind and it wasn't until I was doing my A-levels and I was doing English literature and we were studying fairy tales we were doing Angela Carter's uh, Bloody Chamber which is a very good book I would recommend it she focused on fairy tales but twisted them to make them bleaker and also with a feminist angle so we were trying to talk about you know kind of the creepy origins of fairy tales and the majority of fairy tales do actually have really sinister underlining connotations and and I think it's in Snow White she makes the wicked witch wear shoes made out of coal and danced until she dies i know with sleeping beauty she wakes up pregnant oh, yeah there's a creepy. lot of very kind of weird undertones so i sort of said oh yeah isn't it really creepy in jack and the beanstalk when that girl who's like floating on the cloud is like <laughs> being forced to marry the giant and obviously everyone was like what? could you hear a pin drop did it just go silent no it's very nice we had a very nice teacher and uh, mr edward was just like oh no i'm not sure that's quite right Gemma," and just kind of moved on but i was like hang on a minute I had nightmares about this. So I did some research and found it on YouTube. And I have since spoken to my parents who have apologized and said, you're right, that is really scary. So I think they got it from a market in Essex. So last week we had, you were buying DVDs and chip shops and now it's VHSs in the market. Yeah, and um, I wasn't born at this point. So I think they must have bought it for my brother, but they bought the VHS from a market in like Bellaricky or somewhere. I sort of said to them, did you not question like when I had loads of nightmares? But Josh was fine. My brother was absolutely fine. He wasn't scared. And we also have since realized that on Amazon, it's selling for like a couple of hundred pounds the VHS so yeah it is scarier and weirder than I think I even remembered and it's taken a life of its own since then so about 18 months ago I think you told me about this I think maybe you mentioned it before but we actually thought oh let's let's look it up on YouTube and saw one little song and I was like oh my god this is horrendous and then we went on holiday with our friends and got talking about things that scared us when we were younger and things like that so we decided to watch it and it was amazing it doesn't 
ever stop being so baffling for a kid's animated film to be that creepy, weird, and just unsettling. And it's a musical. It's the thing. It's Jack and the Beanstalk, the musical. They call it a musical fantasy. Is that how it's described by the producers? It's also a lot of kind of talk about it online. There's a lot of people who have also kind of remembered this really weird, frightening movie and searched for it as an adult. And there's lots of kind of threads. A YouTuber did a video about it as well. So yeah, it's it's not just me that was kind of impacted and remembered this quite unsettling story so shall we jump into this halloween special of remember this so do you want to introduce after my slightly more rambly introduction do you want to do the formal introduction of jack and the beanstalk the musical jack and the beanstalk is a 1974 japanese animated feature film produced by group tac and nippon herald films directed by gizaburo sigil styled after classical western animation it is a musical fantasy based on the fairy tale of the same name the screenplay by Shuji Harami. It was released in Japan on July 20th, 1974 and the United States by Columbia Pictures in 1976. And before we jump into the plot, I've got a little bit of uh, trivia here for you, Jim. All the characters have five fingers instead of four. Oh, why? I don't know. There is something off about the cartoons. Like you kind of mentioned, it's not in an anime style. It's their take on kind of more Disney cartoon styles. And it is, there's just... It just doesn't, something doesn't sit right with it. it. There's something off and it is, their mouths move, but the words don't come out. It's probably the dubbing. Because if it's a Japanese film originally, when they've dubbed it, they've obviously not done a very good job. Yeah, it's pretty sinister. So the premise starts off relatively normalish, I guess, or in keeping with the original Jack and the Beanstalk story. And it's about a simple farmer boy called Jack who lives with his mum. And they keep sort of re- referencing how they don't have any money. They need to milk the cows to take to the farm to sell. And it already then kind of goes straight into a song, really. And what we want to do, because it's a musical, we want to rate each and every song. So I'll insert a clip. We'll listen to it here. And then we'll talk about it together. Song number one. Here we go. So it kind of starts off the first song is very Disney. It like is a little bit whimsical, kind of Beauty and the Beast. Like, oh, she's off on an adventure to get some books. Yeah, because he's going into town. What's he doing to sell the milk? No, because he hasn't got any milk yet. So he's just going around the forest. He's being a little scamp, really. Yeah. And the mum is incredibly abusive in this throughout. I don't think she ever says a nice thing about Jack. It starts off saying, Jack, if you want some dinner tonight, you need to go out and do this. It's horrible. Yeah, and then she does also beat him throughout the film as well. That's nice. But yeah, this is a lovely little song. It's very upbeat. I don't like it because it sets you up thinking it's going to be cute and lovely. And it really isn't. There is fantastic orchestral music throughout, though. They have nailed it. Also, it's very um, Pink Floyd-y throughout as well. It's very prog rock. I would give this one. We're doing it out of five or out of ten, Matt? Let's go, because there's so many. I think we should do ten. Six. Actually, I'm going to go five. 
It's unoffensive. I'm going to go four. It sounds like the end of like a Wizard of Oz movie. I swear in a lot of those old movies, it would have like that high-pitched female voice kind of singing this sort of song. Has those vibes. I almost find it menacing how happy it is, knowing where it's going. Also, it's not about a happy thing. He's His mum's forced him to go out. <laughs> he's, he's like foraging for food. It's child labour. <laughs> So he's got a sidekick called Crosby the dog, which is like a big kind of bloodhound type dog. But he seems to be like an ex-army war dog because he wears like this medallion around his <laughs> neck. And then there's this one point that's completely unrelated to anything. He's like snoozing and then he has like a dream and he looks up at the clouds, but the clowns are actually like people on horses. It's like a battalion. And he hears the call of the army. It's very odd. It's not relevant and it was odd. Jack returns having done his foraging stuff and matilda has run dry he is tugging at those udders and nothing is coming out then poor matilda seems really upset about it she does she's got very pretty eyes actually i thought oh i thought she was really scary looking oh did you yeah i thought the cow was really frightening very bony as well from certain angles so unfortunately because matilda's run dry the mum insists that Jack take Matilda to the butchers. That's cold-blooded. That, you know, not even a day to grieve or anything. It's like, no, off you go. Again, I think this is in keeping with the original story. So I'm kind of all right with this so far. You know, so he goes off and he even says to Matilda, oh, don't worry, I'm not going to, I'll find you a nice home to go to. We won't sell you to a butcher. So off they go into the city. So what was his plan though? Because he needs to bring something back. Well, he's just going to sell her to somebody who's not a butcher. And then we have our first incredibly odd encounter with a character we don't don't even know its name or anything no so in the original jack and the beanstalk what type of person is it that comes around it is someone a bit magical but a little bit sinister who convinces jack to swap his cow for some magic beans so that is kind of what happens here are we ready for another song guys because we're six minutes in there's been two songs let's go okay it was my bad guys there is another song but this is jack getting to the creepy guy just our luck Take her down to the butcher. See that you get a fair price. Who'd want an elephant without a trunk? Don't imagine you would. With no tail to swing and who'd want a monkey? Not a single zoo would. It just sounds like the Beatles, like a Paul McCartney B-side. I mean, that's a huge compliment. Is it a bit like Cookie Street? No. Cookie Street, even. (laughs) I used to think it was Cookie Street when I was younger. Don't you try to break it, though you may think you're riding handsome and tall. Four for me. I'm going to give it a three. It's well made and everything, but it just doesn't make... You just said it sounds like Paul McCartney. No, I know, but it just doesn't like add anything to the story. We don't no. need it. Why is that in there? No, yeah, we don't need it. He's I guess just it's lying showing... on the cow as the cow moves and he's not doing anything. Because it's he's got no worries. The music, whilst we meet this, the man is intense. So the man meets him on the roadside. He's wearing a, a, like an orange gown and he has like an accordion almost. Yeah. But it's like a traveling one. So it's almost, uh, it's really hard to describe. You might have to Google it. But the song is horrible. You never see this guy's eyes and he's just constantly I mean, it's till the end. He 
reveals oh, yes. his face and he's got a eye patch that's going to be super sinister and it scares jack even though it's it's just an eye patch everything else about him is far more sinister than the fact he has an eye patch it's just a weird exchange it's just a lot of laughing and just and the whole concept is it's about music because he sort of says oh i'll say these beans they're magic and it'll m- make miracles and jack's like well i don't believe in miracles because like, oh, do you believe in music and then jack <laughs> is going oh yeah i love music and he's dancing to a completely different tune his body's not moving in time with the music at all and then it's all about oh have you ever heard a song that just makes you dance and you don't even realize you're dancing and then he giggles the other guy laughs and that's that weird exchange quite a while so enjoy guys it's just that it's just the moment when he laughs and then jack laughs back and it's like why are you laughing There's, nothing's funny here <laughs> and this is the first instance when you realize everything's not quite right with this film. This is odd. You like my music, Jack? Uh-huh. Take this bag, for instance. Huh? It contains mysterious, miraculous, and magical beans. Mysterious, miraculous, magical beans? Let me look. Uh-uh-uh. Besides, a miracle won't happen until after you plant them. I would give this one one out of ten. One. The music isn't nice. The exchange isn't nice. <laughs> I don't like it. I've given it a one. See, I was going to give this one a six because I think the music's really, really creepy. At the end of this exchange, Jack decides he's going to take the magic beans and give him Matilda. What's he going to do with Does Matilda? Does he not care about Matilda anymore? Yeah, exactly. No. What's going to happen to Matilda? That guy's not going to look after Matilda very well, I don't think. So when he gets home and tells his mum what's happened, he gets a beating. <laughs> I basically. mean, that's putting it lightly. It's horrible. Um, you know, if they banned Pingu episodes for beating, then this definitely would not have hit the BBC standards. 100%. It's really graphic. It's nasty poor little jack one thing that's never deciphered throughout this film is how old jack's meant to be here is he a boy or is he's he a man a is, he a, is he a teenager oh, you can tell from his cartoon he's a boy i think he's maybe meant to be in about nine okay well then there's some really dodgy stuff later then yes and it's really sad because he's basically told he's not going to eat tonight she actually works up an appetite from beating jack and then says oh well nothing in i guess i'll have some water for dinner and goes to sleep so not only literally physical abuse but also emotional abuse so that's good parenting i was wrong and i was foolish and i'm sorry you're being sorry won't put one cold potato on our table bend down and take your punishment you foolish dunce you rock head i'll teach you thanks to you we're penniless so yeah he throws the beans out into the garden or the mum does i can't remember who throws the beans out but one of them does and then overnight something strange happens and there was a really Good song to accompany that happening. I think this might be the worst song in the whole film. I think this might be my favourite. <laughs> Are you joking? Yeah. It's awful. starts amazing it sounds like a west end song yes this is what i'm saying i like the beginning of it i like it up until the singing there's nothing going to happen you're silly if you think it might 
But always there must be a time when dreams come true. If you believe such nonsense, you'd better dream your dreams at night. A miracle can happen any time to you. The only miracles are in the storybooks, and they are but some of us are secrets that we are not confiding. I just think it hurts your ears. So basically, the song plays over the, the beanstalk sprouting. It's like the growing song. It's quite good at building tension, I think. Who's singing at this point? Because everything so far, you've had someone singing. Is this the beanstalk singing? I think it is. I think that's what it's meant to be. I'm giving that a, a 2 out of 10. And I'm giving the 2 purely for the orchestral start. Because after that, it's awful. I'd give it a six. And it's a long song. It's a solid, like, three or four minutes. Yeah. They drag and all, it out. That, all that happens, really, is that the beanstalk goes up and the dog is woken up and a bit scared. And then Jack suddenly sees it. So Jack then sees the beanstalk and a little mice, like, crawl down. And the dog also has, like, a weird infatuation. Like, a dog, the dog falls in love with one of the mice. That's, like, an ongoing story as well. And can I just say, we'll only play it the one time because it's so annoying. But every time the mice speak, there's no subtitles. There's no, like, they're trying to d- deliver exposition about what's going on. But they do it in mouse speak. Where it's like... It's so annoying. And it goes on for ages. And then the dog just goes... Oh, it gives me a headache. But nothing that scary yet, though. I feel like it's now we're going up the beanstalk where things start to take a bit of a sinister turn. And this is what I always kind of remember from it. So he reaches the top of the beanstalk and he's all up in the clouds. And then there's this girl floating on one of the clouds. And she's kind of like a weird, like yellowy green color and very kind of glazed over eyes. And she sort of says to him, oh, like, hello. And she kind of just stands there very still with her like head like cocked to one side and then kind of sort of says stuff like, oh, my parents died. I don't think about that anymore. In that kind of very, a tone of voice with no emotion to it. And the music to accompany it. So this isn't really a song, but it's just like her theme almost. So creepy. Like we'll play some of it now. Yeah. So this is what I've always kind of remembered from my childhood. So she then sits on this cloud and like floats off and sings this song. I will just put out that this is my favorite song in the whole film. I think it's fantastic. And we're not even 30 minutes in and it's an absolute banger. My parents were destroyed by an evil witch. (gasps) Evil witch? I don't think about it. It's been a long time. No one's happier than I. I feel like reaching up to touch the sky. I'm riding on a cloud. I could sing out loud. I'm a glow and I know the reason why. No And it's lots of just kind of close-ups of her face with no emotion and then her floating along. It's a lovely song though. And basically the song is delivering the message that well, nobody is happier than her, really. And she is getting married to a giant tomorrow, Prince Tulip. She doesn't know he's a giant though. It's her beautiful Prince Tulip. And she's got a wonderful mother-in-law to be the Wicked Witch, essentially. And we haven't met them yet, but this is such a weird sequence. 
and it's Jack going up on the cloud with her. It's unsettling. It, it is, is the definition of unsettling. I think a lot of horror movies try and create this sense of just being incredibly unsettled. And I don't think they've ever quite nailed it as much as this film. So she then persuades Jack to come in and meet her lovely mother-in-law and to see the castle because she thinks I'd love it. Because, you know, there's this pretty kind of but slightly odd princess who seems really nice and gentle. Jack goes okay so he goes in and then is met with a very wicked witchy looking mother-in-law who kind of looks like morticia adams if she was a cartoon character and ugly she looks like a stick insect and it just really really like maleficent almost very creepy and as they're going through the castle it's almost like a haunted house where at one point you just got a load of echoey voices going go away stay away yeah it is all the doors are kind of saying go away jack go away jack go away jack and then she with a flick of her hand they all slam shut and while jack's been given the tour the princess kind of just disappears and the dog ends up going to meet the mice family in another sequence that lasts about five minutes and it's more of just and it's just him also flirting with this little mouse for a good few minutes as well which is weird we then hear of the happiness from the kind of wicked stepmother to finally have a young human boy the kind of witch's storyline is a bit similar to the film stardust where it's about those it's about some witches and they need humans to make them look younger and she's sort of says i've got a big wedding tomorrow what a great time to be youthful again so she plans to eat him yes it's, it's really gruesome but i guess it's in keeping with the original jack and the beanstalk where it is fee fi fo fum i smell the blood of an englishman Englishman. Englishman. Yeah, and she puts him in a cauldron, getting ready to eat him, because she says she hasn't eaten in a year. Oh, yeah. That's horrible. So she then is like, oh, I'll give you some lovely um, lunch or dinner, Jack. So sits him down. He starts looking around at the room, and they do lots of close-ups of, like, gargoyles, dragons. Oh, the room's scary. And also the echoey voices come back saying, don't eat it. Don't eat it, Jack. And then because a spoon magically lifts up through magic and is like hovering above him and goes into his mouth and then he kind of collapses. Uh, he's under her spell. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like a tranquilizer. So that happens. He's then put in the cauldron and then Tulip returns. He is the giant and he's wearing like Dennis the Menace top, but green and black. Well, he's very green and very solo, swallow looking. Well, I would say, I think he looks a bit like the Hunchback of Notre Dame. No, Hunchback of Notre Dame's got a bit of colour in his cheeks. Because he's been locked away. Whereas he's very kind of... He's got long claws. He's got very, very, very long claws. He's got fangs. He's got these huge eye bags. He's kind of a greeny brown colour with greeny brown hair. And he wears a lot of green. And he comes in for dinner. And the witch, who is his mother, has prepared a meal. And it's like loads of chicken bones, like chicken drumsticks. Yeah. And he eats them. But then after a couple, he can smell human. And it sets off his kind of primal instincts and he goes crazy looking for the human. I guess this is in keeping with the fee fo fum isn't it? Mm-hmm. And he gets to the cauldron, but Jack is no longer in there because the dog and the mice have saved him, even though they had no idea where he was or what was going on or anything like that. He's saved. And then they take him, so the mice all hide in a room of treasure. And it is, this is kind of in keeping with the fairy tales where it's got the kind of talking harp. It's got the golden goose that like lays golden eggs, which is in the original Jack and the Beanstalk. Is that in the original Jack and the Beanstalk? I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. I remember that. So there's a few kind of elements which are like hinting like, oh yeah, this is a thing, this happened. But we have another song and it's a running away song. Are we ready for it? Yes. Let's dive in. 
Tulip, stop crawling around the floor like an overgrown beetle and find that brat before he gets away from us. It doesn't match the colours, the tones, <laughs> the themes, what's happening at all. It doesn't match the previous songs or anything like that. It's like very slapstick. It's almost like the Three Stooges or something like that. It sounds like they should be going like a comedy sequence, not a boy running away from a giant trying to eat him. It sounds like the song that goes around when you go in um, like a Disney theme park. One of those rides. Yeah. So that happens and they get them to that place we were describing earlier with the Golden Goose. And there's a talking harp, which is incredibly annoying. But I've just realised something. Tulip's mum, the witch, treats him exactly like Jack's mum treats him. They're both very cruel and abusive and manipulative. That's just what the film's about, really. When they're all hiding and Jack obviously is delighted by all the treasure and the gold, realising he is going to have money and he's not going to have to be poor anymore. The giant then comes in. So they all hide. And then something really odd happens. He's like playing with like little lizards and stuff in a jewellery box. Again, why? So that last song, I would give a two. Zero for me. Zero. It doesn't, it's not in keeping. I agree, it's not needed as well. I gained nothing from that song. (laughs) No enjoyment, no scare, no sadness, nothing. I think that's the weird thing in some of those songs. You're just bored. You're just like, well, nothing's happening here. Let's get to the next set piece it was just a bit it just it was an odd thing to accompany the scene it just made no sense to me then tulip the giant pulls out like a weird little like miniature thing of his mum like a wind-up toy so he winds it up it like sings another song and yeah here it here it is you're just a lazy good for nothing lump of blah you look like something someone left out in the rain. You're so mean and ugly, you should be against the law. You're a monster. You're just this a reminds pain. me of the song the villain sings in a musical, in like a West End one. You know, like Scar. Oh, don't. No, but it is. Compare it's it to... Scar's song's amazing, though. Be Prepared is a classic. It's her ballad. I like her, her insult is, um, you look like you've been in the rain or something. <laughs> It's even an abusive song. It's horrible. And then it ends with him destroying the toy. Yeah. <laughs> so does he have foreshadowing? Loads? Does he have loads of those toys? Is this like what he does? Is this always what he does when he needs to like let off some steam? No idea. But it wasn't very nice and was again very unsettling. Luckily, then the princess calls him, so he does not find Jack and the mice and the dog, and he goes off to see the princess. And the princess has a, has a lovely scene with her mother-in-law-to-be where, I mean, it's just horrible, isn't it? Drugs are, basically. She's, yeah, more drugs. She's just sad. It's quite pretty. It's quite pinky backdrop. Yeah, pinky kind of clouds and sky. And then it shows the kind of mother-in-law character drugging her with some food and her smelling it. And you see it all kind of going around the air. So, Jen, what would you give that song? I mean, it's short but sweet, isn't it? Four? Yeah, I think I'd give it a three, that one. I mean, it's got that one good insult. But the music's all over the place, isn't it? Because some of it's like really prog rock. I mean, other bits is like... Like Austin Powers or something. Yeah, they need to make up their mind. 
and then you get the really creepy songs. It just doesn't make any sense. Why doesn't anything make sense? I can't imagine you watching this as like a six-year-old. Well, I can't imagine any six-year-old. I can't imagine anybody watching this. <laughs> yeah. I'm very Oh, that's confused. another question. Who is this made for? That's what I kept thinking. What's its audience? Is it meant to be kids? Is it meant to be adults? It is made for kids, but I just... But the music's so adult. And that leads us to another scene where Jack finds the mice and the dog and they've all suited up. They're all in their armor and they're getting ready for war against the giant and against the witch. And for some reason, Jack objects in a rousing song. They're coming at us thick and fast at the moment. Are we ready? And you also want me to fight the old witch, is that right? Mm-hmm. Not a chance in the world. You want me to fight? You think this armor makes me a knight? What a ridiculous sight. I'm just a simple farmer boy. This is a very moddy song. It's very like The Who or something like that. Very rock and roll. And he sounds a bit like Liam Gallagher. Is you are in there. You don't want to jack, do you? Never. You never do. He's very annoying. He's annoying from start to finish. You're never sympathising with him. And what we also learn from the harp is, because he asks the harp, does, you know, the princess really love Tulip? Is she really in love with this like ugly, scary giant? And the harp sort of says to him, well, no, she's, you know, been put under a spell. The wicked stepmother has always wanted to be queen of the land. So to get that, she needs her son to marry into the family and that the princess would never love him for who he is. So does this spell on her, but it's just to do the spell every single day because then it breaks off at the nighttime. All of the princess's family and people of the land got turned into these mice. So kind of like Beauty and the Beast style. That was quite interesting, West. I thought. And also another thing I thought was quite interesting, and you only hear it through like one line of dialogue, it's never mentioned again, that the witch and Tulip used to live in the cave. Wait, what? Yeah, did you never hear that? No. Yeah, she says like, oh, now that we're here, we need to behave like this. I know it was different when we were in the cave. And it's like, yeah, they, they lived in a cave together. So that's why they want to rule the... Well, he doesn't need to... He'll just do what he, she says, but she wants to be the queen. So the fact that Jack is just sort of thinking, oh no, I've got all my gold now. I'm not going to save. Off I go. But do you not no, think that would have been a really interesting song if it was a flashback to them in the cave? And watch, so that's why she's doing it, the motivation. Because at the moment she's just evil and it would have been interesting to see why she's evil. Like Scar, when you see why he's evil, he's jealous and things like that. I think this would have been good if we just understood a little bit what's going on. Where did the giant come from? Why is he a giant? What happened? How did she give she birth give, yeah. to the giant? Was he always a giant? Because <laughs> that could have been interesting. Where is this cave? Like they're above the clouds. Was the cave in the ground? Was it in earth? What? A lot of questions. So then, and this is why we say we just both hate Jack. He's just a little prick. He takes as much gold as he can and runs away. And he sees the princess. The princess like murmuring in her sleep, like, help me, Jack. Oh, I miss my parents so much. I'm so scared. So does he think, right, I'm going to be brave and let's save this princess? No. He runs away with his gold and goes home down the beanstalk to his mum. And they then literally sing a song about being rich. Yeah, sure, you go from rags to riches, that's great. But they are so new money. <laughs> so new money. Let's see what you guys think about this song. Oh, mama, look, look. Have you ever seen such a lovely stack of shiny gold? Maybe 
What, Uranus? No, Ignoramus. Oh. I do quite like this song. It's very um, Broadway, isn't it? Hey! His voice is so annoying. Oh, it's that laugh, that sinister laugh. And the mum is so cruel that she only likes him when he brings her money. It's horrible. Very nice, guys. And she doesn't nice. even say thank you or anything. She just sat there smiling like, oh, what am I going to spend this money on? Yeah, her head's like bobbing along with her eyes, her eyes glazed over. It's horrible. She is under the spell of the money. And all the while, this is leading up to my, I think, my favourite moment in the whole film. The dog is stewing outside. Crosby is furious. He's outside. He's annoyed. He's thinking, why aren't we going back up there? We've left the mice. I love the mice. What's going on? So then out of nowhere, and it never happens again. It's never explained. We have no idea why this happens. The dog sings a ballad. Hit it. Oh. Mountain flowers, you have to climb high. Don't you agree with me, moon shining bright? Good things can only be yours if you try. And sometimes you'll find you first must fight. So we'd like to reiterate as well, the dog doesn't speak in the film. We've had to deal with lots of noises. And actually, the dog speaks. Now is his moment. It's incredible. And it's just the way he sings. You don't know what his voice is going to be like. And it's just a normal bloke. He can't really sing that well. It sounds like Kevin Klein when he was doing the audition for Mamma Mia. Oh. Like, he can't hit the high notes. And the song's all about, we, you must agree, you and I. So I think it's about him and Jack agreeing to be on the same team. But it makes no sense at all. It's amazing. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. I'd say it's a 7. It's just the randomness of it. And then Jack hears him and says, speak. Well, I didn't know you could speak. Speak. And then he just starts barking again. So then Jack says, oh, it must be another miracle. I should go back and save the princess. What? No sense whatsoever. That's never established. Also, I like, you know, the princess literally saying, help me, Jack. That's not enough. (laughs) But then the dog sings and it's right. We must save the princess. But the dog's not even being obvious about it. He's singing quite an ambiguous song. So they head up the beanstalk and he goes and speaks to the harp, threatens the harp with an axe and says, I need to ask you a question. Otherwise, I'm going to hurt you. How do I break the spell of the princess? And it says, the princess must be kissed by someone who is truly brave. As in all fairy tales, a woman must be kissed without their consent. Not even somebody loves her this time, just someone who's brave. <laughs> yeah. Normally it's like the true kiss of love. No, but this is where it gets weird because we don't know how old he is and we don't know how old she is. And we don't know how old the giant is that she's it's marrying. It's just odd. It's really odd. And before we get to the bloody wedding ceremony, I mean, that's an ordeal. The witch sings a song about, I think, being happy and finally getting what she wants. And she's setting up the ceremony by cutting out paper people and putting them in the chairs. And this is what she sings while she puts her paper people in the weird church place. (laughs) How can I stop laughing now when the whole world's mine? 
<laughs> Think of those red eyes of yours, how gleefully they shine. Three out of ten for me. So she's essentially laughing throughout, and it's a horrible witchy laugh, isn't it? <laughs> I, mean, I quite like the idea of using a witchy laugh within as the chorus. Is it? The music is, although it's baffling and odd, it's all very well made. If you owned this on vinyl, it'd be incredible. Uh, uh, we wouldn't listen to it. Could you imagine whipping it out for like a dinner party? It'd be brilliant. Uh, I wouldn't. I'd leave. <laughs> I think I'd, I gave, I'm going to give that six. I enjoyed really? that. Really? Yeah. Double me then. I thought it was quite a cool one. And then Jack doesn't arrive in time you think he's going to but he doesn't so we see i don't know how to describe it Gemma, you're the one who had the nightmares have a go at describing what happens next so we've got all the paper people in the ceremony the giant's there in his robe the witch is ready enter princess the mood shifts a lot all of a sudden you're in a horror film <laughs> yeah it is you know the, the lines have always been a little bit blurred there's a, more villain songs and happy songs whereas this it's the whole color scheme changes to dark green it is like dark green smoky yeah very smoky and the giant walks in carrying the princess in his hand is it in his hand or on the shoulder is it in his hand let's have a look it's kind of so he's carrying the princess on the like crook of his like elbow he's smiling she's got no expression whatsoever <laughs> it is the color gradient is all over the place well, she's literally been drugged hasn't she and the music goes straight into it and then you've got these paper people who are in the um as the guests who look really terrifying kind of klu klux clanny kind of mm, that's true style yeah. and there's a paper priest or like a sermon at the top and they're all kind of like waving as paper does and the song words can't describe it let's just play it of me tonight are you happy it's your wish to be married now am i right are you happy will you and the camera does this kind of thing where it's swaying so it's like kind of moving like almost like in a rotation so it feels really tricky and really Horrible. Who's singing? Is it meant to be the priest? I think it is, because this is like almost like the are you happy like man and wife. We didn't have this at our wedding and the registrar didn't just whip out Gemma. Are you happy? No, that's not happened. <laughs> and you're right, it's very off kilter. I think you're meant to be seeing it from her perspective, where it's all slanted and all over the place. And you also see how she sees Tulip. So it shows her dancing in like the clouds, but with like oh. a young, attractive man. And that's who she thinks she's marrying. She's essentially been on LSD the whole film. That's what we've established here. And it gets worse. So the song starts out creepy, to say the least. And then you get, you hear what the witch is doing with the spell. And it's like, yes, you are happy. Yes, you will marry him. It's horrible. It is really 
frightening. And this is the centerpiece of the whole film, I would say. When yeah. you used to, to tell people, like our friends, that you watched this, this would always be the clip you would show. Yeah. So if I was trying to describe to one of my friends, I would get up this song and be like, this is it. This is what nightmares are made of, guys. This isn't Jack and the Beanstalk. What is this? Literally, what is this? It is absolutely horrific. What are you giving it out of 10? I think it's a, fifth, it's a 15 out of 10, isn't it? It's brilliant. I'll give it an 8 out of 10. It's, it's, you're not going to forget it. Friends, I think we were at Glastonbury. We kept going, are you happy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Jack, luckily, comes storming in. He breaks through the window, but he never seems to hurt himself. As you do. How has he jumped through the window? Where from? We don't know. We don't know. And then he sort of says, oh, I hope I'm brave enough. Please make me brave. He goes onto his tiptoes and he kisses the princess. And the witch and Tulip, understandably, are furious. I think this is actually weirder than the song that we're about to witness. She sends the giant after him. Jack and the princess hide in a well and they have like a weird intimate moment where she's like being a bit like, oh, that was the nicest kiss ever. Oh, it is so oh, odd. Oh, you're so brave, Jack. And he's all coy because he's like, oh, but I didn't do a very good thing. And so what do you mean? And he starts off like, oh, I shouldn't be here for, for someone like me. shouldn't be kissing a princess. So he starts off with that and she's like, oh, <laughs> how are you? And then secondly, he's like, yeah, and I stole from you. And she's like, it's okay. It's your reward money. What? <laughs> and they're trying to build up this tension, which is just very uncomfortable. Luckily, the giant interrupts them by trying oh, to God. kill them with a spike. Yeah, he like harpoons them, doesn't he? This reminds me of like Crash Bandicoot and like horrible games there where so he breaks the water in the well. So it comes spurting up. So they're like spiraling, wait, wait, coming he, up. He breaks the water in the well. How, how does any of this work? I don't know. Where's the water coming from? They're in a cloud city. So the water's coming up and then Jack can't swim and they're like coming up and it's all really horrible. And then basically the witch then does like a duel with them. It's kind of like in Harry Potter when Voldemort and Harry are having a match and, and nothing, everything else around them just doesn't exist anymore. And the whole of the world, I don't know, is the world even real now? We're not sure. The world's kind of half gone back to how it's meant to be. The mice are now human. Yay. And it, all the colours have now gone to brighter colours. So, yeah, like more Her bluer. eyes have gone from the weird glaze to brown eyes. Yeah. So colours have now kind of been re reinstalled, but they're still murky, if I'm honest. Then all of everything else around them just falls away. And there's just this one long, like, blue. Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah strip there's this one long blue strip and it's like the um i've gone what's called is it the obelisk uh, it's something like that but it basically in 2001 the big block if that makes sense yeah because there's like a big triangle as well behind and then they're on this one long and then it's like also slightly slanted as well it's like off kilter again so it makes you feel a bit off as well and this is where they're going to try and fight and behind the queen or like witch or stepmom there's all of this like vortex of like clouds and they're all green and it's almost like a um like an illusion yeah it's really weird to watch and motivations just go out the window because tulip comes back in and the witch says to him oh kill them kill them and instead of stomping on jack and princess margaret he stomps on his mum first of all he doesn't actually step on her she disappears you, you see his foot go down there's nothing there <laughs> and then afterwards there's her broken little toy 
there's a wind-up toy underneath his foot. Was she always a toy? It's so odd and it makes no sense and it's never, there's no answers. And why did he do that? What was, well, I know she's, she's been, mean to him. Yeah, but it's not as if they've been nice to him. They've been just as mean. I think she even said to him, well, kill him, you give for nothing, tulip. I, I think this would have worked if Jack had actually been nice to him and understood him and been like, oh, you don't have to do this, you know, because he loves playing with snakes and he could be playing snakes with him. I don't know something they could bond over something and then that's why he doesn't kill him it could be bonds over my mum's not nice to me either tulip exactly and then you've got a relationship established but no for some reason because the film needs it to he kills the witch and then like such a happy little song comes on as the sky breaks and the light comes down and you're like oh it's nearly the end of the film see what you think of this Also, the giant's now just wearing his boxer shorts with love hearts on. It's very sweet. I'd give us an eight. It's a lovely song, isn't it? It's as if they've all just smoked some weed or something and they're all just really happy. I don't even say about getting high and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a very trippy film overall, if I'm honest. So I think where the princess was living, just her quarters just disappear. Not sure there. Everything's returning to normal. Everything's returning to how it was before the witch was there. And that includes the mice turning back into people. And the dog like looks up and sees the mice as actually a really lovely blonde lady. The film should end then, shouldn't it? Everything's gone back to normal. They've played the nice song. Now would be a really good time solid time to end it a sensible time to end it wouldn't they it? say bye to jack off he goes the giants decided he's just happy not to have his mum there and goes back to a cave the end but no but no instead the tone shifts again to a completely <laughs> different style of show completely well it turns into like wacky races almost where they're all just as those are cartoon violence going on and there's like a train fake train track that the dog's making and just rules that weren't ever established before that can happen in this world things just happen for no reason and the giant's chasing them around the castle jack and the dog and jack and the dog are loving it they're like hey uh, come here hey. and i think there's a song to go with it is there a song what do you think there's a song <laughs> It's actually really sad how they defeat Tulip because they use the tactic that his mum's used all his life where Jack is insulting him continuously and the dog just stands there laughing at him. The giant definitely essentially gets bullied to death. Yeah, that is it. Bullied to death. So that's lovely for everyone to see. It's what I mean. Jack's just like a, he's such a little brat. I really don't like him. He is horrible. I'd give that a two. (laughs) I'm giving it a zero. I hate it. It's, it's just, really it's the worst annoying. Song. 
it, yeah, I'd say, actually, I'd give it a zero. Actually, I think it's the worst one so far. It promotes bullying because they're just saying, like, why are you so dumb? That's nice. Julep. And it's so simple. Julep. Julep. It's another Oasis song, isn't it? All of a sudden, it does go very kind of slapstick, you know, itchy and scratchy kind of style. And they're all chasing each other. And you're like, oh, this, this totally fits in with the rest of the movie. Yep. <laughs> it's so odd. And... They defeat the giant. So they do it. They go kind of back to the stereotypical way. So they taunt him so much and he's chasing after them that he then even chases them down the beanstalk. And then at the end of the beanstalk, Jack shouts for his mum to get the axe because there's a giant following them. There's a song before then. You've no, missed, there's not. But you've missed the final song. Oh God, go for We've it. We've got one more, guys. <laughs> We've got one more and then it's over. Then we're done with it. Here's the last song of Jack and the Beanstalk 1974. Someday I'll come back and see you again, Margaret, I promise. Goodbye, Jack. Time to go, fare you well, goodbye. Fare you well and goodbye. Soon you go and we wish you well. And it shows the dog just really over the top waving to the princess that's also a mouse not princess i know that the staff it's the staff yeah it's a lovely little song it's a little goodbye song and then it goes into like oh so now the giant chases them down the beanstalk it's actually a very cool song it's not a musical song as in like with lyrics and stuff it's instrumental it's very cool it's very tame and parlory i think it's very much what something um they would do in the mighty boosh goodbye jack i'll miss you bottom and shouts for his mum to bring him the axe and it ends so abruptly after all of this it literally ends like so quickly he has a few seconds to go oh but if i cut this beanstalk down it'll kill the giant but then i'll never be able to go back up see princess margaret again see the the dog will never see those people that he loves ever again they will never know if princess margaret's gonna be okay i mean he's okay and then chops down the beanstalk and then the giant you see him falling it kind of ends but then it goes back to the beginning song where he's just happy foraging around the forest again that's it it's an ordeal Gemma. you look stressed (laughs) i feel a bit stressed you look very stressed that's it that is jack and the beanstalk 1974 guys we all made it give yourselves a pat on the back well done for listening to this halloween bonus episode of remember this and Thank you for revisiting my childhood nightmares with me. I feel like we have bonded over the experience, guys. How was it for you watching it again? It's still really unsettling. I feel like I've kind of gotten over it. I think the first time I saw it as an adult and realised, oh my God, this is horrific. This is actually a little bit worse than I remembered. Almost like I'm right. My childhood self was right. This is horrible. (laughs) Yeah, just a very unsettling film, very trippy film. And also it's not even a good film. It's not like, because you have a lot of those films where they're really creepy, but they're really good. Labyrinth, for instance. Mm, Labyrinth's brilliant. Exactly. And it's very eerie and a bit weird, but it's such a good film. It it doesn't matter. All the creepy puppets and the goblin Mm. songs and all that lot. It's all a bit odd, but it's a great film. So it becomes a cult classic. This one is really horrifying really creepy and unsettling but also bad it belongs in the fish and chip shop doesn't it it does it really really does i think the big problem is in the writing 
and the just the drawing as well the animation some, some style odd decisions there's some really odd decisions made here and jack's so unlikable i've never known a protagonist be that unlikable in a kid's film before normally in a kid's film like you love that main character because you you see yourself as them yeah. don't you he's just a little brat but if you have seen this film please do email us at remember this question mark at gmail.com and that's question mark is in the word not the symbol because i would really like to know if anybody else watched this if anyone else is like oh my god i remember this i watched this and you'd forgotten about it or if there's anything you watched growing up which gave you nightmares or any kind of really odd obscure sort of shows or movies you watch no one else kind of talks about and you're like is that a dream did that happen <laughs> please email us and let us know because i'd really like to kind of watch along with a look at the classics the more weird and wonderful ones and i think if there's enough response to this we could do a follow-up episode kind of discussing everybody else's reaction to it yes. because it is so weird i don't think you've ever met anybody else who's watched it yeah like, without meeting you exactly i've never met anyone who's also watched this so like i sort of said if you have then even, even let if me it's know. like another bonus like 15 minutes just chatting about it that would be really interesting so yeah please do get in touch um, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode. We've really enjoyed doing it. Yeah. And I think every now and then we'll try and throw in a bonus one. Just, exactly. Just for the giggles, really. And the full movie is up on YouTube if you want to kind of skip along and watch some clips of it just to kind of really add to the unsettling nature. I'll put it in the show notes as well. So yeah. you can see that'll be easy, easily accessible. Before we go, Gemma, what was your favourite song? Be Are You Happy? And I think my favourite... I'm going to stick with the dog one. It's not a good song, but I kind of... I love what it stands for. <laughs> it's brilliant. Anything can happen in the world of cinema sometimes. Happy Halloween. If you're listening to this not on Halloween, Halloween can be every day. I like that from you. So yeah... So guys, as always, please rate, subscribe and engage with this podcast. You could do it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening to it. Give us five stars and you'd be really helping us out if you could tell your friends about it or tell your family about it. Tweet about it. Do an Instagram story. Tag us in it of you're listening to it. We'd and love that. We can guarantee if you tag us in something, we will 100% give you that validation we will like it we will retweet it we'll comment we will do everything don't you worry about it but yeah we do this in our spare time it's a bit of a passion project of ours so and the next phase of the podcast may as well let you know we're going to get some guests on very soon so let yes. us know who you would like to come on we probably won't get them on but we'll try and we will see you next monday 6 a.m thank you so much for listening guys and happy halloween happy halloween Ooh, spooky bye are you happy? Are you happy?